Welcome back to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It's The Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me are Shannon White and Tony Defio. So much to talk about here. That game yesterday, man, I, it, I had a horrible time at the game only because of the rain. I thought it was an entertaining football game. I thought they had them the whole way. I, I knew that it was going to be a tough, tough game because you're dealing with a hungry Detroit team. I loved what the Steelers did on defense against Jared Goff. They could not pass the pass the ball at all. I think he ended up with sixty with an overtime. Ended up with sixty yards passing. I I was not worried at all with everything that was going on, even when they were lining up to kick. But the big thing that everybody's talking about, and they should be talking about, are turnovers, fellas. So let's talk about the turnovers in this game. The Steelers turned the ball over three times. Let's start with the first one. Mason Rudolph's interception. Tony, I'll let you take this one first. How bad was that for you? I think that, I think that changed the momentum of the game because they, they, they went right down the field and scored uh, the first drive, and he looked, he looked pretty good. You know? uh, he looked like he was in command, and that, that, you know, that interception, that kind of I think that changed him and I think it affected his uh his mindset and I think it affected his, his confidence. He you know, he was really wasn't quite the same after that. I mean he got it together a little bit later on, but but he wasn't the same after that interception. Shannon. It was it flipped momentum. Uh the defense had, had, had a good series uh and you know and and they scored on the first series. Uh, I think that it was just a very efficient and effective game plan. Um, and so you really felt like that they could build off that. And like Tony said, Mason was really zoned in and really confident. And then, you know, player personnel changes, Belage comes in and, and uh, it wasn't a good pass, uh, but there, there, it's impossible for him to have chemistry with all these players, especially being his, his first action of the season, I wanted to see him lean more on Harris because he was being very successful. And I believe if they would have continued to rely on Harris, they they would have won the game rather easily. But you throwing the ball 50 times with your backup quarterback in his first action of the season is not a recipe for success. It's a recipe for disaster. And, and you know, when we, you know, we're lucky to end up with a tie. Somebody had put in the comments earlier, you know, the, the Lions really should have beat the Ravens and they lost by one point, I think it was to the Bills. So they have, you know, been competitive in some games this year. And uh, so the Steelers were really fortunate to get out with the tie. Tony, let's talk about the play calling in this game. We're going to get back to the other turnovers. But real quick, I thought a lot of the play calling was egregious. And I thought Shannon just brought up the fact that, you know, you're close, you're inside the five, you got a first down, and you are you don't go to Najee at, le- at, at all at that point. <laughs> Najee had 100 and – what was it, 105 yards five. over – yeah. 105. 105. And, and he seemed to have been running well. The I thought the offensive line – and we're not even talking about this. The offensive line has been such – the last week, everyone was talking about how they reverted. I thought they reverted back to being being a lot better. 
They gave Najee some holes. I don't feel like Mason was uh, running for his life whatsoever, so I would actually give them a pretty good grade. But, Tony, why aren't they using Najee there? It, it didn't make any sense to me. To me, that you know, you're down 16 to 10. This is why you you bring a guy like that in. This is why you 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 draft a running back in the first round for situations like yesterday. For the just for for the fact that you have a backup quarterback in there, you want to lean heavily on that guy. And yeah, he had 26 carries, but you also have to factor in that there was five full quarters too. Um, but yeah, your first and goal from the five. He runs so hard. He moves the pile just about every time he gets the ball. And I would love to see him get get the ball twice there, you know, and 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 um, and maybe throw on third down. Okay, fine, but but you 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 have to lean on your your workhorse bell cow running back in that situation. And to me, that was a mistake. And the fact again that, like Shannon said, uh, you're throwing fifty times with your backup quarterback in the rain. Uh, that's why you have Najee Harris. That's why you have a a, a, a big time running back like that for situations like yesterday. And I think that was. The first time, really, I think Matt Canada looked bad as a play caller. Now, it was just mentioned, Charles Wigan just mentioned that hold was a killer. Yeah, that hold on Najee's touchdown, that that destroyed this team. And yeah. it, it really did. But there's so many things to talk about, and I agree with you. They need to rely on Najee. Because Najee's becoming the guy, you can just say, hey, we're going to hand it off to Najee. And you stop right. him, and right. and dare you to stop him. I mean, give him the play. Say it's going to Najee. What can you do? You know, I mean, I know that's easier said than done, but I, I'm bringing up a point that he is that darn good. Right, Shannon. Let me ask you this: the next two killers were the fact that they fumbled late in the game. One was Deontay Johnson. One was Pat Fryermuth. Were they trying to do way too much after the ball? I mean, after after the catch, or is is it uh, is it just the fact that uh, they aren't good enough to hold onto the ball just yet? Johnson, his fumble was very similar to Juju Juju's fumble a while back against the Ravens that ended up costing the Steelers a game at home. And, you know, you can't – no player's perfect, and you can't fault a guy giving 110%. Johnson made an excellent catch, stayed in bounds, cut inside, and was on the precipice of getting, you know, in field goal range. And the, the guy come from behind, uh, Gilbert, who used to be with the Steelers, and he probably learned that punch and that ball out uh, from T.J. Watt, he comes from behind and punches the ball out. And so that's the first fumble. The second fumble for our youth on a questionable call, as Tony said earlier, was just trying to get go forward and get out of bounds. And the defender come in and put his helmet right on the ball. Anybody's ever played, you know, you could say what you want, but it's almost impossible to hold that ball sometimes when you, that helmet hits the ball from that angle. So, both plays were effort plays. It wasn't because Johnson was carrying the ball out here to his side. You know, he, he was trying to make a play to help win the game. And and he's and both of them guys have been two of the most valuable offensive players for the Steelers this year. And they have to lean on them moving forward. 
Uh, I have no problem. I have more problem with the lack of effort displayed by a lot of the defenders throughout the game, especially with their physicality. Uh, they're uh, trying to get off blocks and and uh, to make technical uh, tackles, clean tackles. That was way more aggravating and upsetting to me than than the two turnovers where guys were trying to give extra effort and it didn't work out. So let's let me ask you this, Tony. You know, and it was just said in the live chat, and it was Bert who brought it up. And let me get back to it. Deontay had to know that you hold that ball with two hands and just get in field goal range and game over. So my thing is, you know, it's just like knowing where you are and knowing to get to not go out of bounds. And you see some players, they could run straight in the end zone, but they know it's safer to, uh, just go down to not give them more time and a chance to get the ball back. So all I'm saying is, do you think he could have been more careful with that? I mean, I, I don't really, I mean, I fought the fumble. I mean, that was, that was a, 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 obviously that helped cost you, but I, I don't blame his execute, like his technique there. I, I just think he was like Shannon said, I mean, he made a heck of a catch on the sideline. He was trying to, uh, gain extra yards and maybe go all the way for a touchdown. And, and the guy just, the defender just made a great play. Mm-hmm. I have more of a problem, honestly, with the second fumble because I don't even know why that play was called. Honestly, if you're, if you're looking to get Boz more uh, closer and, and you're looking to throw a sideline pass, throw it to where if the receiver doesn't catch it, you know, I mean, if the, if the receiver catches it, he goes right out of bounds. But uh, why, why that, that play was called there. I don't know what they were trying to accomplish. That's the bigger uh, problem and, and again, I, I don't really fault Firemuth for the, the for his effort. It was just you know I don't know what they were trying to do there with that play. It just didn't make any sense to me. You're gaining what an extra couple yards there. What what difference did it make at that point? So that's I had a bigger problem with the Firemuth uh, fumble because of just simply because of the play called. And I will say this too, the way Boz has been kicking lately, and I'm yeah. right under the goalpost when he kicked that fifty yard. Was it a 50-yarder or a 52-yarder? 51. Um, 51. When he kicked that, mm-hmm. I'm looking right up at it, sail over my head. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It looked like it would have sailed way over my head. That's how well he hit that yesterday. I would have loved to have seen him, you know, attempt a 60-something. And because, you know, that's a situation. Sure, you take the tie, but if you can't, if you don't kick a 60-yarder, no one's going to be down on on he as much than throwing him where he threw that. So, so I would agree with that. I want to address something that Shannon just said, and this is a part of me not being able to watch the game at home. When you said Gilbert, was that Mark Gilbert that you're talking yeah. about? That mm-hmm. wow, I he come back I to think that's I think that's awesome <laughs> for that kid. I'm I'm, I'm really yep. I'm really glad that uh, uh, really glad for him because I I would he was. He was my uh, free agent, un- undrafted free agent crush that mm. I really liked for this team, and I hope he does really well in this league. Uh, so we kind of addressed all of that. Um, the thing that we've got to address, there's a couple more things I want to address and something that everybody wants to talk about here, and it's the play of Devin Bush. And there's a lot of talk right now about the fact that Devin Bush whether it they're using the B word right now, 
<laughs> and it's in his third year. But this is a guy that's coming off of a major knee injury. But it's been over a year now. Are we just impatient with the fact that he's not completely back because of it? Or is this a if is this a problem because he's just not up to it? Now, I want to bring up another guy before we talk about this. No one is ever going to call Ryan Shazier a bust. And I'm not trying to compare the two players, but I'm trying to what I'm trying to compare is the injury. There, there was an injury early on in his career that cost him the rest of his career. And I'm saying all. All I'm saying is, what if he was able to come back and not be able to play because of that injury? Are we being too hard on Devin Bush Jr. right now? Is a question I wouldn't ask. I can answer that. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think we're being too hard on it. This is year three. I, the reason why I say that is because he really didn't show much as far as a playmaker before the injury last year. Like He really hasn't been that dynamic of a player. And when you, when you draft a guy like that in the you know 10th overall and, and you you uh trade away so much draft capital to do that you're making a it's a bold move and 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 you needed him to be at this point more dynamic now uh you know maybe he is still dealing with it with the acl maybe you know by now if he wouldn't have suffered the acl he injury he would have been that dynamic uh, playmaker because you know as you said uh shazier took him you know he had some injury problems early on and, and by the time he um but at the same time, by his second year, he was he was their best defender, uh, even with the, the his injury issues. I mean, remember that Bengals wild card game? He was the best player on the on the field. So, uh, I think by now, I would have liked to see more uh, more of a splash play kind of player from him. Yeah, and I understand, and it's mentioned, in, and I, I tried to uh, I tried to put the disclaimer out there. Look, I realize I know how how bad how more serious the uh Ryan Chaser injury was but i'm just saying if he would have been able to come back after that obviously he would have not been the same and that's what i was trying to say but i do agree with you tony that uh and i'm going to take your word for it that that uh it's not the fact that we're being impatient shannon your thoughts on that but it's getting to the point that it's the Steelers should be a little concerned. Um, okay. I've, he's my, in my article posted tomorrow, he's my stock trending down because based on what they give up to give him, and I've tried not to be critical, uh, even constructive criticism towards him where he is coming back from that knee injury. But he's, you'll watch, his speed is returning. And he is, he's covered some ground. Um, which leads me to believe he's gained confidence in the knee. But he seems like he's allergic to contact. Um, and he's getting caught up in the wash, taking bad angles. Um, and it just keeps happening. And I, I will give him a break in one aspect. When you lose Tyson Alulu and you lose Stefan to it, they kept those guys clean because they demanded double teams. And there was many times Bush was just filling the hole. And they wouldn't, you know, if, if there wasn't a fullback, he was just meeting the runner. And so that has to impact him. Um, so I think part of him, his play, that has affected. But he's not the same player. Um, the physicality part. 
And and that's my biggest concern right now. And I think it, I don't know if it's mental, physical, or both, but whatever it is, he you know he's going to, have to figure this out because they have so much invested in him. And when you pair him with Schobert, Schobert's not an overly physical guy. He's not Vince Williams. And somebody mentioned it earlier in the comments that they may have to try Buddy Johnson for a few plays at least because Buddy Johnson is a physical player and he's a buck linebacker, which Schobert is not. And we have two guys that are more coverage backers and Spillane has some limitations, but at least he's physical. But it's getting to the point that where we was really counting on Bush to, to be that answer, and that's why they moved up to get him, it just ain't panning out this year uh, for whatever reason. All right. I've, uh, I agree with that too. So um, I, maybe, uh, maybe I'm being too apologetic for him. Now I want to bring this up before somebody brings it up in the live chat. Charles Wigan asked, what's the deal with to it? When will he be back? We don't know, but I, there's something that is driving me crazy about the whole to it absence. And I'm going to say this, and this could be controversial, and I'm fine. But Stefan Tuitt has never come out and said that I'm out because of the death of my brother. And if he is because of it, I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with Stefan Tuitt in any way here. But why are we constantly, everything I'm reading online, everybody's saying that that's the reason he's out. Mike Tomlin's never said it. He's never said it. His knee is probably not good enough. And then you hear all these people saying, well, I've had this uh, every other, I mean, everybody has death in their life. They need to go back to work. You know what? Really? Yeah, that's you know, said several times. I've seen it myself. <laughs> so, so all I'm going to say is give the guy a break. We've got such, we have got such a focus on mental health. And there's a lot of people that, that, uh, that are uh, following the whole in the Summer Olympics. A lot of people that were uh, fine with Simone Biles picking her spots when she came back and when she did it. And I'm not going against her on that because mental health's a big thing. But if it is mental health, stop it. Stop. Stop saying how how they how he's handling it. But the bottom line of this whole thing, no one's ever said that. We're speculating that. You know, you know what it kind of reminds me of? Remember when they signed Ladarius Green uh, and there were, people were wondering, was it the concussions or was it the what he had like a foot, foot surgery and, and, and nobody would really say what it was. That's what it, this kind of reminds me of. So I guess they're apparently just, you know, they don't want I guess they're, they're respecting his privacy. And I, I guess maybe we have to do that, too. No. And then Charles just said, I'm just curious. No, Charles, you're a lot to ask. That's no problem. I'm just saying the speculation, and I wanted to say it quickly before somebody said, oh, he's out because of his brother, because we don't know if that's true. Um, it's always, I mean, one of his his uh, college line mates drowned this year, and Lewis Nix, who was drafted mm -hmm. by the Texans. He played at Notre Dame, too. I mean, and somebody has brought that up as well. But the bottom line of the whole thing is, let's just not say that it must be this because he's out um but you know it's been rough without to it and we need him to be back but we just like this we can't fault him for what he's going through right. um my gosh i heard 
And getting back to the the Shazier situation from four years ago, and Tony and I, we were broken up about it, and we had to go on after that show, on after that game on Blog Talk Radio after it happened. And I think Tony and I, I'll speak for Tony, we were scared to death. Yeah, Because we didn't yeah. know whether he was going to... Actually, I mean, we were afraid that he could be a whole lot worse. Right. Um, but there, how many people have criticized the fact that that uh, he played, or they tried to come up with the narrative that he played dirty and and uh, tackled uh, recklessly, instead of yeah, the they're... fact that I'm sorry, instead of the fact that oh my gosh, there's always has to be a but, and sometimes there just doesn't have to be a but. Right. Sometimes we just need to say, you know, okay, I get it. I pray that everything goes right. And I, I pray that he comes back whole. And that's it. Whether, no matter what it is. If it's just the knee, that's to me, it's the same as if he's mourning. I'm not putting a, a timetable on mourning. Um, Isaac gives us $5 in the live chat. And it's true. I lost my pops a few months ago. And the last thing I wanted it to be was at work. And that's fine. And I'm glad you're saying that. And, uh, and I, I don't know what I would be like if, if something happened to uh, my wife, my kids, my, I still have my parents and I'm blessed that I do have my parents. And Isaac, I remember when, when I believe you brought this up online before in the live chat and uh, blessings to your family and blessings to you to feel better. And you're allowed to mourn any way you want. But the, the thing about it is you're telling us about it and people knew that you were hurting. This is not, we don't know the reason for his, we just don't know the reason for his absence. We're just assuming that this is why. Right. And, and it's just not, it's just not that. So thank you for the $5, Isaac, and uh, blessings to your, to your family. Um, so with that, um, one more thing I want to address here too, as well, is, um, well, actually there's two things I want to address and we'll go ahead and get that. I want to, I want to talk about what well, we can actually do this all in one. That's perfect. So Rajan 39 gives us a dollar 99 in the tip jar. Thanks so much, Rajan. What's the deal with the James Morgan signing? So guys, James Morgan was a fourth round pick of the jets back in 2020. <laughs> And he was a really interesting guy that a lot of people were excited about. He's 6'6", and they thought he can be, a lot of people thought he could be a sleeper quarterback. And there's a lot of people that thought that the Steelers could actually target him in that draft. Now, there is a thought that the fact that he's the same size as Herbert, Justin Herbert of the Chargers, that he's a good guy to come in, be on the practice squad, and go against this week to maybe get a feel of playing against a guy like that. But... There's something else that I'm thinking, and Tyler W's thinking the same thing, so I'm going to let him say it first. James Morgan is because Dwayne Haskins was repeatedly not taking practice seriously and texting before the game. This was brought up on the Andrew Filipponi show on The Fan 93.7 with Aditi Kinkabwala. And did I pronounce that right, Shannon? Mm. Kinkabwala? Okay, well. I think so. Yay me. Um, so... Basically, they said not only was he like texting, he, he was just throwing, just lobbing the ball and looked like he wasn't taking this seriously. And and she claims to have heard coaches being pretty sore about it. 
that he was out that he was out there doing that. Do I know if any of this is true? No, but this could be linked to that. Now, I just complained about speculation, but this is something that she's claiming that she's heard. So it's not speculation if she's making a claim on it. Um, she could be wrong, but just but if the guy is one hit away from being the being the uh, quarterback on the field in that game, and we've heard all these things about his work ethic, and there's been all these questions, that's got to be a major concern. Gentlemen, do you think that this is a message for Dwayne Haskins that, buddy, this is your last chance, Tony? It could be. I mean, you know, it it sounds on brand, as they say nowadays, for <laughs> what, we, what we've heard about Haskins in the past, uh, why he was kind of why Washington gave up on him last year. Um, you know, I, I hate to see it because I really, I really am, am intrigued by his talents and you know, everybody was when he came out two years ago, you know, when he was drafted by Washington. Uh, so I, I, I hope it's not the case, but I mean, she's an insider. So I don't think she would say that she gets enough flack as it is on Twitter. So I don't think she would say this if there wasn't some smoke to the, to, to what, what, you know, it's, there wasn't some substance to the to the smoke she put out there. I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I I, I think it, it it could be that they're trying to send a message to him that you know you you've got to get your act together. Or you're not going to get the second chance you thought you were going to get. Shannon Steelers freak says Washington got rid of him for a reason. Mule Skinner says Haskins is a bust and should be moved from. Um, Brian Brown says. Keep Haskins away from the beehive for heaven's sake. And if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Haskins, we would not have that beehive joke on here. So um thank you. So what I want to ask you is you're the GM, Shannon. Uh, I'm giving you the hat. Uh, we'll we'll play, we'll swap swap uh, lives and wives, and uh Kevin Colbert could live in your house for a week, and you're the Steelers GM. So with that being said, what are you doing with Dwayne Haskins? If this is true, I'm old school. I'm I'm like Chuck Noll said. If I got to motivate you and give you a pep talk, I'll catch you. Um, he's he's got a great opportunity in Pittsburgh with Roethlisberger more than likely walking away after this season. It's going to be an open competition, even if they draft a uh, a rookie quarterback in the first round. Uh, whatever they'd have to do to do that or bring in a veteran, he would have the heads up, the advantage where he'd have experience uh, with the offense. And he's got a great opportunity, but his past issues have been maturity uh, and work ethic. That's been his two biggest ones in Washington. Just said, okay, we've had enough for virus and I don't want him around there. Guys like that can be like a cancer in the locker room and, and it can permeate through the whole roster. Uh, we see what happened with Bell and with Brown. And and they were great, great players. Uh, Haskins has accomplished nothing yet uh, to, to feel that way and to be that entitled. Um, I, I don't like reports where somebody claims they heard something. or I'd, I'd, I'd rather she just kept that out of the – because it just creates unnecessary drama for the Steelers. She didn't even hear it directly from a coach or a, a Steelers personnel. So – so now we are, we're talking about this, but it is concerning because of his past history. Um, if, if, if Tomlin sees that uh, as an issue, 
that it does not shock me at all. They brought Morgan in, as you say, to send a, a very clear, precise message. So I want to bring up one of our very own and Shannon, his name is Chris Pugh. And you may have heard of him. He's from the Steelers Tower Half Hour. <laughs> I'm just joking with you. I know you were fooling around when you said, who's Chris Pugh earlier? Um, on our Slack channel. So I'm just I love you, man. It's I love clear, you. It's clear that they are not happy with how he is progressing. If he's checking his phone before Sunday's game and not seriously preparing for the game as a backup, he's not ready to play. And I, I will say this. I love Chris Pugh, too, but... I think that picture is from about 20 years ago, Chris. <laughs> Come on, you've got to update that thing. <laughs> We're just on my dating it. profile. <laughs> yeah, Tony. <laughs> Tony's dating profiles from 1992. That's right. I was going for the George Clooney look. He's got flowing hair. Yeah. <laughs> you know, th that's very true. But Charles Wigan brings up a very good question here. And he's just said, where's Dobbs? Dobbs yeah. is still on the practice squad. Is that correct? Yeah, I forgot. I kind of forgot about him. But isn't so, he yeah. isn't he injured on the practice squad? He can yeah, still be on the yeah, sidelines. He's on the injured list. Yeah, I think so. He's on the injured list. Yeah, so that makes this even more interesting. But you know, the thing is, this could be a fact that they're trying to. They did this a couple years ago, and I can't remember his name. But before they they played. I forget who they were playing. I, no, they were playing the Ravens, and they brought in a guy that was just cut from Dallas that was a running quarterback, and they wanted to try to simulate what Lamar Jackson would be like in practice, and then he was cut the next week. I mean, could this be a situation where they're bringing him in to just emulate what you have in uh, Mr. Herbert in Los Angeles, or is this... You know, you know, some, something that they're looking to make a change with Dwayne? Or is this a little bit of both, guys? Tony? Um, I, I'm leaning towards it's more they're, they're trying to, like, find a, a, a person who can mimic Justin Herbert in practice. I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards that um, uh, than, than the other thing because I, I, don't, I'm not, I really don't know much about Morgan. I know, I know he was uh, – I think you said a fourth round pick a couple years ago, but, but I think just last still, year he's young. Just last year, yeah, he's young. Uh, I think it's that, and I think they're maybe looking to, add, you know, keep him around after maybe after this uh, after this week, just to just to have another arm in uh, any organization because you never know. We, we saw with with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you never know uh, when when you're going to lose a quarterback, and 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 you might need need a uh, an emergency quarterback on Sunday. Very well, guys, we had so much to talk about here. I'm just going to go back to the beginning of the show and say, with everything that happened the last couple of weeks, with as bad as a lot of people feel that the Steelers played the last two weeks, and I'm not going to disagree with them, but the only thing I'm going to say is to get out of there with these two teams without a loss, and this to me, this is kind of like the uh, dreaded overtime loss in hockey, the shootout loss in hockey, you still get the point. Well, you're getting half a win here, basically, in in the uh, in the column. You're getting half a loss, too. And as Tony said at the beginning of the show, which I'm going to steal this from him all week long and take credit for it on Twitter, 
when he when he said, "What did he say about the tie, Tony?" We don't have to worry about tiebreakers anymore. We don't have to read that list all all November and December. We can uh, we can just uh, we don't have to worry about what the seventh uh, tiebreaker is or anything like that. Just be, yeah. be a half a game, be a half a game ahead of the next team that in, in, you know for the playoffs. Yes, the head-to-head tiebreaker is gone for the rest of the season, and we don't have to overthink. But we probably just lost about seven to ten shows on tiebreakers alone, so the tie took that away. <laughs> My bad. Hey, hey, thanks for everybody who came in on the show, um, and checked us out. Look, we uh, we might come off as uh, know-it-alls. We might come off as cocky sometimes, but one thing that we are, we definitely are, is we're fans, just like you. We are just lucky to have a platform, and we're blessed to have a platform, and we would not have this platform if it wasn't for each and every one of you. Even the guy who told me that I need to lose weight, basically. Can't do it without you either. So thank you for all of you that take the time out when you see a notification across your screen to spend the night with us. And we appreciate it. And I mean, gosh, if you want to spend the night with Tony, we'll give you his phone number too. We can give you his digits. So we would be glad to do that. But thank you so so much. What's that? It would be better than Bumble. I can tell you that. (laughs) Is Bumble another one? I mean, gosh, swipe right, swipe left. I don't even know what that that means. Right. Um, Exactly. You're a lucky guy. Anyways, I look. We'll take the criticism and we'll take the pats on the back just the same. But the one thing we can't take is not being without you. So we need you to do three things for us. We need you to stay safe. We need you to stay true to yourself. And we definitely need you to stay behind the steel curtain. For Tony Defio and Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. And just when you think that you've got all of the answers, we keep changing the questions. Thank you so much. We love you, BTSC Nation. We'll see you next week. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.